0: So this morning, before I, I'm not going to ask you to stand for the scripture this morning because uh, we're going to see it on the screen in just a minute, but one of the things I want to highlight for you is that the passage that you will hear and <clears throat> that I'll be preaching from is not natural. The Beatitudes, it's how Jesus began his First teaching to the masses, to the disciples, the first recorded teaching, the attitudes are not natural. And, and it causes us to pause and to wonder how it is that we encounter this living word, this te- these tendencies that do not come naturally to us. I'm going to be using this quote from now on in just a minute. But we don't think our way into a new kind of living we live our way into a new kind of thinking. And that simply is how we begin to practice our faith that then transforms who we are inside and out. We don't think our way into a new kind of living. If it was up to us, we'd forget the Beatitudes, and you'll know why when they get red. But we live our way into a new kind of thinking through discipline, through worship, study, communion, and so forth. So if you will, I'm going to read the first verse and then we'll have the other scripture will come up on the screen. But I want you to pay attention again to this end of this way of life not being natural. Listen to what the first couple of verses say in chapter 5. When Jesus saw the crowds... They're all coming to him. He's called his disciples. He's done everything he's going to do. He's been born. He's gone to the temple. He's followed the letter of the law, the rule of the law, called his disciples, and then he gets to his teaching, and this is what he does. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. And then he began to speak, and he taught them. These lessons had to be taught, implying that there are things as people of faith that we must learn. And I'll invite the rest of the scripture to be shown.
1: Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are you and people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account rejoice and be glad for your reward will be great in heaven
0: let us pray gracious god you call us to a new way of being to a new way of looking at this world, to a new way of participating in it. Lord, things that just don't come naturally to us. So help us in these moments to begin to understand and wrestle with this text, this scripture that you've called us to study, to search, so that it may then inform how it is we live our lives in your name. For it's in your name that we pray as it is in your name we try to live. Amen. So for the last few weeks, at least at the beginning of this year, 2020, we've been talking about 2020 vision. How is it that we see with eyes of faith and what difference does it make in how we live that we are called believers, followers of Christ? And we talked a little bit about the Magi who came to Jesus from a wholly different experience, a wholly different world, different language, different culture, different religion. And once they knelt at his manger, they went up and they went home by another way. And what we understand that to be is they went home being transformed. They were no longer the people they were when they first began to worship Christ, when they came into his presence. They went home, Scripture says, by another way. And then we talked a little bit about how we see with eyes of faith when we stay so close to Jesus that in the words of the prophet Isaiah, we hold on to God's hand as God's hand has been extended out to us. That's, that's become one of my favorite images in recent times. I, I, Love that we hold on to God's hand to stay close to God so that we may see what God sees. We stay close enough to hold on to that hand that is always outstretched to us. And Kyle talked last week about that call. Have we heard that call? And what does that call mean? And is that call the end of our lives of faith? Or does that call just begin the journey? And we understand it to be the beginning. Right? But that understanding of that hand being outstretched or that call that we have received, we begin to journey in faith. And now we're going to go into our new month, a new month, and talk about honing our vision, which takes admitting that we hadn't arrived yet, which takes admitting that that our sight isn't perfect. Honing our vision simply means that we sharpen or perfect our vision over time. And what I will say and what I think the scripture says to us is that we hone our vision, we sharpen our vision, we perfect our vision by certain practices, by doing certain things, not saved by works, but we grow in faith through disciplines, through practices, through how it is we live our lives in such a way that we become more faithful. So we had the quote from Henry Nowen We don't um, become, we don't think our way into a new kind of living. Rather, we live our way into a new kind of thinking. And, and in these practices, that's what we're going towards today. That's what we're doing. We live our way into a new kind of thinking. And the Methodists among us say, Absolutely. That's it. The Methodist tradition, if it is grounded in nothing else, the Methodist tradition, as it began with John Wesley, who was working for a reform movement in the Anglican church, the Methodist tradition, folks, is this. We live our way into a new kind of thinking. We are saved by grace in Jesus Christ, and that's just the beginning. And Wesley would say that we practice, we have disciplines, spiritual disciplines that help us to become more of who God would call us to be, has called us to be. Wesley said, and you know, I love old language. So in the words of John Wesley written in the 1700s, Wesley says that we do these practices, we engage these practices so as to awaken the stupid sinner. Now, don't take that personally. I don't think you're stupid sinners. I think you're smart sinners. We are all very intelligent sinners, I'm quite sure. But when Wesley was first putting out one of his um, sermons called The Scripture Way of Salvation, he said he wrote these words, he encourages these practices to awaken the stupid sinner. And we'll go with smart. We'll go with smart sinners. To quicken the lukewarm, he said. He said. Encourage the ignorant. Okay, I need to stay away from that language. We do these things, these practices for, um, to, to hone our faith, perhaps is the nicer way to put it. But no less important, no less necessary. Wesley talked about works of mercy, and that is how we reach out and serve the poor, how we feed the hungry, how we clothe the naked, how we visit the sick or the righteous, how we welcome the stranger. These are acts of mercy. But if we don't ground these acts of mercy into acts of what Wesley called piety, then these are just good works. Nothing wrong with them. But they're just good works. What we need to do as believers, following the way, honing our eyes of faith, sharpening our vision, as we are called to do, we ground this in acts of piety, spiritual disciplines, in the words of Wesley. And so we begin to understand there are all manners of these spiritual disciplines. Worship is one, of course. Sacrament which we'll share in just a few minutes, is a, is a spiritual discipline. Prayer, meditation. But the one that I want us to start off with today, and like I said, we're going to be doing this for a few weeks. The one I want us to start off with, and, and this is Wesley's language, he says one of the most important, if not the most important, we'll go with that, the most important spiritual discipline is searching the scriptures. Studying the scriptures, we understand God best through God's word, God's living word, Jesus Christ. And we understand God best by searching or studying the scriptures in worship, in fellowship, in one-on-one conversation, in small groups. But we are called first and foremost as a people of the book. Mostly said, I'm a man of just one book. We are called to search And to understand the scriptures. And I gave you a hint at the beginning. Here's why. Because this life that Jesus calls all of us to live, this manner of being faithful in his name, this manner of following him, honing our eyes of faith, doing all that we can to live into who God has called us to be, must be taught to us. And if you don't think that if you think that it just comes naturally, reread the Beatitudes. I don't think this is natural at all. Most of us would avoid situations where we might mourn, and yet Jesus calls those who mourn blessed. Most of us would avoid that. state of being poor. Luke says poor. The gospel of Luke says blessed are the poor. Matthew says the poor in spirit. Blessed? That doesn't make any sense. And so Jesus went up on that mountain and taught this way of life. Taught this way of life as his first act. We have the, it's called the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll have several chapters in Matthew in which Jesus teaches us new ways of being that seem to be or are wholly different from what we would expect life to be. He'll go on to say things like, Pray for your enemies, right? Who wants to do that? That's not natural. He goes on to say, If someone strikes you on the cheek, what? that turn the other not natural and so Jesus begins his earthly ministry by calling these masses together the disciples those closest to him and all who have gathered around him that day on this hill right by the sea of Galilee and he sits down he begins to speak and he teaches them he teaches them such things as blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Well, if I'm too merciful, somebody might take advantage of me. Somebody might get one up on me. If I'm, if I'm too uh, pure in heart, I had a professor that used to say, if somebody's not taking advantage of you, you're not being Christian. <laughs> Not natural, not natural at all, and yet we, the smart sinners that we are, the brilliant intelligent sinners that we are, we are called to this life. Jesus sets up the kingdom of God in this teaching right off the bat. He tells those who follow him, it's not going to be like it was before. The law of God may be written on your heart, as the Hebrew scriptures say, but we're going beyond it. You're following me into a new kind of existence. You're following me into a way that perhaps won't come natural to you unless you give it a lot of practice. Discipline. Intentionality, one step in front of the other. Hear these words that call us to an alternative lifestyle, people of God. And study and and search them so that the Spirit may enliven us in ways that are wholly other. Completely different from the world around us. Blessed are the peacemakers. Are you kidding? They get trampled upon in this world. No, he's not kidding. Blessed are we when we hunger and thirst. You ever been really thirsty? Really hungry? Blessed are we when we hunger and thirst, yearn for, desire, want beyond anything else in our lives. To be righteous and holy, living. Righteousness comes through the power of the Spirit. We're not self-righteous, but righteous. Called to live into these practices day in and day out. And I think the best way to start is by searching our scriptures. Now, Wesleyan's... Methodists, we have these disciplines, we have these practices. We start with scripture. We've talked about that before. We begin in the word of God, but we don't take it so lightly that we're not willing to investigate and examine and understand. If we don't understand the original intent, I think we're going to risk missing out on the intent for ourselves, for us in this day. And so we work at it, we study, we try to understand, we investigate. I don't think scripture is that mantra, the Bible says it, I believe it, that settles it. I just don't. I think it's this living word in which God has spoken to God's people over millennia as we practice our faith, as we are spiritually disciplined into seeking what it is that God has for us. Does it mean it's a free for all? Absolutely not. But it means that we take it so seriously that it begins to transform our lives as we are disciplined in reading and studying and searching and having conversation. Richard Foster, in this Just quintessential book about spiritual discipline says that when we come to spiritual disciplines, when we start to practice these disciplines, we do so, and he says this about scripture, when we read scripture, we are seeking to be controlled by the intent of the author. And we are determined to hear what the author is saying, not what we want him to say. When we study Scripture, we are seeking to understand what the author is saying, not what we want him to say. We're not building a case for our opinion in seeking the Scripture. And sometimes I think those of us in these days, somehow we've started believing that Scripture is one way we can make a case for or against any given topic. Now, granted, that is part of the conversation, but we're not building our case when we study Scripture. We're not building one up on our neighbor, one up on our our friend, one up on somebody sitting next to us in the pew. That's not Scripture. Foster says that when Scripture and the studying of Scripture is a spiritual discipline, we are submitting ourselves to the transformation of the Holy Spirit. That's, That's when we go deeper into our faith. That's not an easy answer faith. When we study the Scripture, when we submit our own will, our own biases, our own prejudices, our own thoughts and preconceived ideas, when we submit it to the Word of God and how it is played out in Scripture and how it will be played out in our lives, then those spiritual disciplines will transform our living. And it's not anything close to natural sometimes to be faithful Calling us up and out of ourselves. But we have this tendency, this need to be right, this understanding of being divided and making our case and wrestling with it in such a way that somebody's put down and somebody's lift up, lifted up, and that's not it at all, where somebody has to be absolutely wrong and absolutely right. When I was um, appointed to a church up in the mountains, my husband and I were at this same church. And there were four little churches in this community. There was a Baptist church, Methodist, Mennonite, which was interesting, and a Presbyterian church. And for 80-plus years, these churches had come together at Thanksgiving to have a joint worship service. Surely all of us, with our varied understandings of Scripture, could come together and thank God. I mean, how appropriate and simple would that be? And they had done it for more than 80 years until I showed up on the scene and some of the Christians got upset. If you don't know, I'm not the traditional pastor. God just didn't make me that way. I'm a woman. So anyway, I show up. I'm different. Well, one of the churches, I won't say who they were, the Baptists, refused to worship. And I was new in the community, and I got anxious. What will the Methodists say? They know these people better than they know me. They go to school with them. They have jobs with them. They go to the grocery store with them. They're at the post office. They, what are they going to say when their friends have said, no way, we can't worship with her at the pulpit? Would they say, just hang on a year, we'll get the bishop to move her, and everything will be back to normal? And they, my church folks began to come to me, and, and what they were doing I found so interesting. They were ticked that anybody would insult their pastor. didn't have anything to do with me, but that somebody would insult. And so what they did was they said, Elizabeth, they started inviting me to Sunday schools or small groups or the circles. They said, give us some scripture. Give us some scripture so when our fellow Christians throw scripture at us about whether or not you should be doing what you're doing, we can come right back at them. I said you can't out-scripture a Baptist. (laughs) I can give you some, absolutely. I can give you some, they can give you some, and you're going to go back and forth, one-upping each other, again, weaponizing this word of God? No, no, we're not going to do that. We are called to be instructed, to learn, to study, to search the Scriptures in such a way that our spirits and our lives are transformed. And we live in such a way in this world that we are counter to so much of the anger, antagonism, judgmental, whatever it is around us that isn't holy. Are we studying Scripture with the intent of letting God transform us. May He help it to be so. Amen. One more thing. We're all just a bunch of smart sinners. You know that, right? <laughs> Baptist, Mennonite, Presbyterian, Methodist, what non deni, whatever. We're all just a bunch of smart sinners. But the important piece of that is that we are searching the scripture, not looking for easy answers, but seeking to allow our lives to be transformed. Go in peace. Amen.